Welcome back to Missing. I am Tim here today with Lance. Lance, how are you today? Doing fantastic today, Tim. We're coming in again with another part of this unsolved murder of Sheila Shepard. These remastered episodes that we've been so excited to, I guess, reintroduce or introduce to new listeners. Uh, so that's coming up. But before we get to that, Tim, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks a lot for asking. And yeah, you're right. I am excited to continue sharing this series on the unsolved murder of Sheila Shepard from Saratoga Springs in 1980. November 1980, Sheila was found dead inside of her apartment on Church Street. She had been asphyxiated and she was stabbed in the abdomen after she had died. That was postmortem. It is Saratoga Springs' only unsolved murder, and Terry was actually present, not in the apartment. Her husband went into the apartment and discovered Sheila's body, but Terry was outside on the sidewalk with Sheila's mother, and since then she's been a staunch advocate for justice in Sheila's case, and we were fortunate enough to have lunch with her, and then we went to Sheila's grave, and, and it was a really sobering moment. And that part is coming up in the next episode in this series. So we hope you enjoyed this one, and uh, go back and check out the rest of these if you haven't yet. I think that would uh, be beneficial before you continue. And it is remastered, and there is video now available on YouTube where there never was before. So you can check that out at youtube.com slash missingcsm to see video. And keep the comments coming because, again, we're reintroducing or for the first time introducing this story to listeners. And if you see something, if you hear something that strikes a chord, maybe you're from that area. We've been getting a lot of good comments on this. So keep those coming because you never know. I mean, this seems like a very solvable murder. So just watch closely, listen closely, and again, if you hear anything that strikes a chord, make sure you send a message. And this episode is packed with a lot of info. I know the runtime isn't terribly long, but there is a lot of info in there. Some of the things that we'll talk about in this interview with Terry, Sheila's aunt, are Sheila's relationship with her estranged husband, Richard Shepard, his weird behavior at the funeral, which we kind of break down. And uh, I want to invite our listeners to join us at the end of the interview with Terry because we're going to pop back in for an outro where we can break this down a little further without, uh, I guess, spoiling it all here in the intro. And you mentioned that this is a little bit short on the runtime in comparison to our usual episodes. That is partially the reason why you mentioned there's a lot of info. So you don't want to overwhelm people because it's a lot of important information. And we do have more episodes coming out. So it's not like this was at the tail end and it was just the leftovers. It's just very dense. So, uh, yeah, we will be coming in later on to explain and maybe parse out some of these elements of this episode. So just stay tuned till the end there. And if anybody out there, any of the listeners have any information or you know of somebody who might have information, please call the Saratoga Springs Police Department at 518-584-8477. And we're going to throw it a commercial here, and we'll be right back with our interview with Sheila's aunt, Terry. Was there any violence in the relationship between her and her, like anything that you knew of between her and her husband? When they're married and when they I can't say violence, but there was... They were unhappy. Okay. Yeah. And 
you know, she, one of the reasons was, you know, she was straight at the time and he was smoking a lot of pot and they had the baby and he was drinking a lot and she just couldn't take much more of it. Yeah. But I did end up with the baby. After Yes. Murder? No, before oh. in Colorado. Oh, okay. And then he came, he got out of the army and came and got her. And he came up here and dropped her off at his parents. Who lived in Whispering Saratoga. Pines, Whispering yeah. Pines. Whispering yeah. Pines. Which he, they own. Yeah. Okay. He thought that if he took... Oops. <laughs> I didn't want to say her name. If he took her, she, he'd get her back. Yeah. But, it, you know, it wasn't going to happen. So she came back and I wanted my baby back. Mm -hmm. So she was trying to get a job and get her life straightened out. We were just talking about the, the trunk with the pictures. Mm -hmm. So you had brought it on Wednesday and left it outside for her to, outside of her apartment door yeah. to bring in. And then when you went there on um, Sunday, Sunday, it was gone. It, and you presume that she had brought it, it brought into, it her, in the house. into her yeah, apartment. Yeah, who's to say, I didn't even think of that, that somebody took them out of the trunk. But Right, that's what I'm, was, it's possible if it they're out possible. in a common area and there's, there's at least seven apartments there. I know she was apartment seven, so it's a bigger, mm -hmm. You know, bigger apartment complex. Why someone want them though? The trunk wasn't locked, right? It didn't have a lock on it. My God, I can't remember that. Okay. And they were were they in like a little box or in an envelope? In an envelope. Okay. It would see. It just seems like such a weird thing to take, to take. if you're going to take. If you don't yeah. know what else was in yeah. that trunk, clothes. <laughs> clothes. Yeah, that would or be clothes. more natural to take. I feel like. Then someone's personal pictures, yeah. unless you have a weird thing about that. Do you know? Do you recall if she? I, I think you mentioned something about her photos in her apartment. Did you? Do you know for a fact that she did have them inside and had looked at them before? She told her mother she had them. Oh, she did. Okay. Yeah. And, that, and that was after Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. And I, you know, it would be just like her to go, you want to see my baby, and yeah. this is in California, and this is in Colorado, and... Okay. The only thing in her stomach, I think, was a piece of bubble gum. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that right? I was, we were talking about that. I didn't remember if there was, if they got in bath you with uh, stomach content analysis, like after part Bub of the autopsy. Bubble gum. That was it? Yeah. So she swallowed, she was chewing bubble gum, and she swallowed, swallowed it. it. Yeah. So she hadn't eaten. How long does it take to like digest food? I'm just trying to think of the last time she would have eaten. Yeah, I don't know. Takes takes a long time. I say bubble gum takes seven years or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah bubble gum. Bubble gum's gonna, gonna, gonna stay there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't so know. They say right. They say we need dinner. Dinner. Lunch pushes dinner, dinner pushes yeah, dinner, you yeah, know, yeah. I mean, so... Most of the digestion, they're going to the intestines. Anyway, yeah. So I don't know how long it actually stays in the stomach. Right. Also broken down I don't by know, stomach I've acid. I've had yeah. enough tests to know that following your, your intestines, the barium, it was six hours before they could get through with, for uh -huh. the food digesting, so... She probably on a diet and just wanted to chew some bubblegum. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was a thing, and I remember she had a, an article circled or something yeah. about some kind of diet. or. Yeah, right? that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. God. She used so, to do... The bubblegum diet. Right. <laughs> yeah, she, it's supposed she used to, to do this brain. all the time. Yeah. Seeing if she was, you know, if her fingers were swollen. Really? <laughs> yeah. 
if it was you or somebody else was telling us that she was always trying to lose weight. Always trying. You know, I don't know where she got it from. My sister was obsessed. <laughs> there was also, I think, in the, I think they found like what's the diet pill they used to sell in the eighties. Used to have all the little like a stacker before that. Oh, it's like, no. to counter. Yeah. Dexatrim or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was. That they does not that. surprise me at all. They found like a wrapper or packaging on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Do other people in your family share your beliefs about uh, her ex-husband? Um. Well, my mother did. Yeah. I don't, you know, Annette and them were just too young to even, yeah. even um, form an opinion. But I don't know if any of them want to do a phone interview, but I don't think they knew her as well as I did. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I used to babysit when they first moved back. My baby said I got seven dollars a week. <laughs> <laughs> I know J- Jim Van Ness had had told me I want to speak for him if uh, if you guys want to talk. But he had he had mentioned the funeral as well. He's like it was just he the way he acted the, the Richard Shepard act. He said was was definitely very strange. And he's was like suspect. you know and he's like that kind of raised some red flags for everyone. Just your yeah Jim your definitely. murdered wife is. Uh, you know, it's in the coffin, and I guess it's not the way you would expect somebody to to respond. But you never know; people respond different ways yeah, to, to grief. But what did he do? What was he acting like? He, th- I remember, um, again, like Jim could tell you better. Cause he was, you know, he was there. And I wasn't, but he. My he mother. Had, my mother put my her arm around him, and he had on a not a winter coat, just a quarter of a sports coat. She said his back was just soaking wet. Sweat. Yeah. So he was, must have been very, very nervous. And then, um, of course, the casket was open for us to look at her. It was very important for Chuck to see her mm. because of the condition he saw. And when, when he looked, he kind of said, I didn't think it'd be like this. And um, then he said, I'm going to go get some flowers. I'll see you in a little while. And he never came back. What did you guys think of that when he said, I didn't think it was going to be like this? Well, it's just kind of an odd thing to say. Very it, odd it's thing not say. going to be pretty, no matter... Mm. I mean, people can say, gee, they looked good, but... They don't. They don't, right, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, there were some marks. Because she died of asphyxiation, there were marks on her face. And they did a remarkable job, considering that you know, she was there for quite a while. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, was it odd that his, that uh, Richard had his brother with him? I remember Jim said that he thought that his, Richard's brother was kind of trying to shield him from, from everybody else. I don't know if that. I don't remember his brother being there. Yeah, I remember he said something kind of doing interference, kind of getting in between him and everybody else. Yeah, he just said that's the way that it seemed to him was that the, the brother was kind of trying to keep him from having to, <coughs> I don't know, answer questions or deal too much with it. But, you know, like I said, too, you don't know how people deal with grief or all of them are in their own way. And they're also estranged at the time, so maybe they thought maybe... Wasn't there, wasn't the there a letter from him or, thrown yeah. in the trash can? Hmm? Was there a letter from him? No, that was to the, the guy that she'd been talking to in Colorado. That she had, she had written a cut. Looked like what it looked like was that she 
started writing well, a letter a couple different up. times, rip, rip it up, start writing it again, not, I don't know, not like how it sounds okay. or, you know, but that was, um, yeah, that was somebody out in, in Boulder that, uh, that Tom Mitchell and um, Lieutenant King went out and, and talked to out, he called out there. Me, he called me about 11 o'clock one night and he goes, nobody will talk to us. <laughs> like, really? So I gave him a name of somebody that worked for the, like, NIMO. Or, uh, I said, go see him. He'll give you, give you names. He'll give you addresses. See if you oh, can find. Yeah. He goes, I can't find anybody. So that helped. So he could track down some people. And we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsors, and now we're back to the program. What was this letter that this was found in her trash? Yes. At this, it. It, it looks kind of like it was the same letter, but written a couple different times, and you know, ripped up and then and then discarded mm-hmm. in the uh, in the trash can. Um, I mean, she, in, in you know, I'm paraphrasing, but in mm-hmm. one of the letters that she even writes, I've written this letter about eight times. I keep really? tearing it up. Oh, okay. You know, so she's she's like, I'm writing this letter, and I keep tearing this thing up. I'm probably gonna tear this one up, and she would tear it up because they they picked all that stuff out of the waste paper basket pieced it back together yeah. so and it was to a man just to a guy out in, in uh in colorado do you remember his name not the top of my head that's it did did she ever finish a letter and write it to him i mean send it to him i, yeah, I don't him. know if there was a whole letter that was mailed out or not I mean, not that we know of um, they did talk to him right Mitchell i knew that they, yeah, yeah i knew that that was their main <clears throat> Their main focus when they were going out to Colorado. Do you remember him from when she was out there? I do. Boyfriend of hers? He was briefly a mm-hmm. boyfriend. She had a few. Uh, and she, I know, and then he was quickly eliminated as a suspect. Yeah, they weren't like going out in, that long. Yeah, in Colorado at the time. There were there was a couple other, I just remember, weird characters from the case file from the Colorado. Yeah time and she was like seeing a, a, a cop who was then in, indicted by the FBI for, oh I uh, think he ripped me off yeah I sure stole from you yeah the, everything was taken and who would know I think they were getting off the subject but who would know I wasn't going to be home that night Sheila and this this ex-cop wasn't he a cop I think he went to prison. He was. They, they went out and talked to some informant or, or somebody. He said he's he's a cop, but he's he's ripping off drug dealers and. Well. Yeah, apparently other people perhaps. Well. And I think he got. Uh, I was I married to got, a drug dealer. Was he? Not at the time, mm-hmm. but he knew he knew it was in the house. You know, there were some nice antiques mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Did anybody that he, ever uh, talk to him? Yeah, they talked to to him, and I want to say at the. I want to say he ended up getting arrested. It's like during a robbery, they were robbing some place or something after he'd been been fired as a police officer, and then he was in custody at the time. Or yeah, he's. I'm pretty sure he went away for, if not ever, for quite a while. But not considered a suspect in this. And no, but just a, you know, an odd, yeah, you know, kind of character, character. to come across that. She Certainly, makes. what's he capable of? Mm-hmm. Yep. What else was in the trash? Nothing really Nothing. Of, of substantial, you yeah. know, or evidentiary value. 
Um, yeah, again, you'd have to ask Tom Mitchell why that okay. that letter was as focused in on as it was. Yeah. But I think just because he seemed like the closest thing to a, you know, Somebody, to a boyfriend. And yeah. I think she mentions in there, you know, I want to come back out to Colorado or you come here. I don't think he was as interested in her as she was right. in him. Um, did they wipe everything off in the apartment? Was there any other fingerprints besides Chuck's? Oh, I don't know. You'd have to. I'm not sure how they processed it at the time. We we still have you know a lot of stuff. Yeah. I told you. Yeah. But you know, I mean, what what we were told at the time was that somebody took the time and effort to wipe glasses off that were sitting on the table, and that there weren't any other fingerprints but Chuck's on the window and Chuck's on the lock. No, I'd, I'd never heard that. But there's there's also a lot of things that I've heard before even working on this case, just living in town, that <laughs> once you start working on it, like, well, that's, you know, that's more legend than, mm -hmm. than yeah. fact. How often did you go to her apartment? Because you were only there 10 I days. I was only here 10 days. So I, you, I dropped the trunk off. And you were never actually in the apartment when you dropped the trunk off, right? No. Okay. The door was locked. Yeah. But you had been in her apartment before? No. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. I was in it when it was Mrs. Ladd's. So the old lady we used to bring holy water to. I grew up right next door. Oh, so you'd been in it be before yes, she Yes, I had been in there before. Oh, okay. <laughs> I always thought it was kind of a spooky building. It's got a look to it. Yeah. It's yeah. almost like an Amityville yeah. house. <laughs> it was very scary. Did you look at the pictures that were in the trunk? Yeah. Were there any pictures of like her um, exes or her, the baby, Shep? Yeah. Um, C California, because that's where mm -hmm. they were. Those were the pictures. Pictures of like her life up to that point. Okay. Any other boyfriends or guys in those pictures that you recall? Mm -mm. No. Any other women she was close to? Do you know? Not that I know of, but I guess there's that one girl. Yeah, I don't, it was, don't know. like we talked about before, that was one of those those theories where could what the killer if? have been a woman? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, any other friends that she might have talked about another relationship with? That girl from Worldwide. Yeah. Uh, Patricia? Yes. She's the one that came she, looking. Right, that had gone to the teacher and sent to the house, okay. her and another Didn't, student. She left a note in the mailbox. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> yeah, I remember hearing remember something. That? About, yeah, it was a letter or something. That, that where are you? Yeah, where, yeah, I remember hearing something. I don't mm -hmm. know how, though, I heard it. And it was another woman that Patricia went mm -hmm. with? Went to Worldwide. Went to, to the school. Yeah, and, she's and she was sent since back. Since passed away. Okay. Has the, she? the second, uh, not Patricia, Patricia we talked to. Um, she was local as well. We went and talked to her. But, yeah, they, they, went, on, um, they went on Monday. Hear the radio, no yeah. response. The radio go back to class, and then Tuesday something's wrong. Mm -hmm. And then on Tuesday, when they they go now a second day, she hasn't come to school, and they tell this uh, teacher at Worldwide, who was the one that was concerned enough that she called, I guess Marsha. Mm -hmm. Marsha came to me. The the radio you said when you when you went in there, you only heard it from inside the. Yeah, it wasn't. Itself. It wasn't real loud. I mean, you, you got up outside. to her apartment and you could hear that the radio was on, but it wasn't like loud, as near as I can remember. 
It's just something that struck you. If nobody's in there, why is the radio on? I know she wouldn't leave it on. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that there were fingerprints taken from like the radio knobs or dials. Yeah, I can't really. <clears throat> can't say. Yeah. You know, you hear all kinds of things after the fact, yeah. too. Like the cop got sick, and which I don't know if it's true or not. Which, oh, at the scene, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I wasn't. Uh, I would have. <laughs> yeah. You know, those things don't happen in Saratoga. I was just going to say that's something that they had never seen no. before. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've had transients sometimes turn up in the park or sure, how we get in our... August or something, but not not somebody in their apartment. We get our, our share of dead people like yes. in the other city, yeah, but not city, yeah. so yeah. much murdered. No, murdered. Dead people. I know her husband, you said, was an alcoholic, but was he a neat person, like fastidious? I don't, I don't know. I, like, I met him, they were on their way back from Germany, so I was living in Colorado, but my husband and I had split up, and I, um, so I came back here, and then I heard she was coming, so I stayed a little bit longer, and then I went to Colorado, and they said, well, we're not going that way, because, you know, it's out of the way, and she called me from, she called me from about a block away, we're right here! <laughs> <laughs> They came and stayed. That's really the first time I, I met him was when they got back from Germany. He seemed like a nice guy, you know. Mm -hmm. Did you, so you never got a bad feeling from him or anything? No. What branch of the military was he in? Army. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Had uh, Sheila smoked from an early age? Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming it's the 80s, like. Yes. Smoked Her mother smoked, you know, or father smoked. It was just something you did, not not thinking. She have a particular brand that she's Marlboro. Marlboros. Yeah, she tried to quit. She tried to quit in Colorado, and so the, you know everybody's sleeping. You can hear in the middle of the night going through the ashtrays and the trash cans. Trying, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> you can't do this. You're going to have to go get a pack of cigarettes <laughs> tomorrow. Did her husband smoke too? Yeah. He must have. He was in the army. They both smoked Marlboros. She smoked Marlboros. I don't know what he smoked. I smoked Merit menthols. She didn't want mine. <laughs> <laughs> what, were, what were the menthols back then? Mine was Merit. Merit, okay. Or they had these eaves. I thought, oh, those, those are pretty because they had flowers around yeah. the top. <laughs> so, hey, let me have one of these. I never smoked a lot. But I remember her listening to Pink Floyd with the headphones on. Well, she was five foot seven. <laughs> she was five foot seven? She was five foot seven. She's living with me, and I'm trying to yell at her because she went to my husband's going away party. I'll mm -hmm. never forget it. <laughs> <laughs> She's just laughing. I'm like, you gotta stop laughing because I'm really mad. <laughs> was she tough? No. No? No, she was just laughing. No, she wouldn't hurt a fly. Mm -hmm. I can still hear her laughing at me. Don't you do that again. And we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsors. And now we're back to the program.
Okay, Lance, a lot of information in this episode, some really interesting things to take from it. Again, it is packed with info. It doesn't really feel like it at times, but when you break it down, there's really a lot there. Yeah, from an investigative standpoint, there are a lot of details that could mean something, right? The bubblegum in her stomach, which was a detail that I kind of didn't really remember until listening back. And a lot of this information was refreshing to just listen to, knowing that, not to pat ourselves on the back, but knowing that we were able to carry a conversation with law enforcement, with family members, and have them give us these details that may or may not be important to the investigation. I mean, it does sound mundane, bubblegum in her stomach. But when you think about the night of the crime, someone was in her apartment. Did that somebody break in or were they invited? If they were invited, did they have dinner? If she doesn't have anything in her stomach, just bubblegum, well, then you can eliminate dinner. So where, where does that leave you? So it's these little investigative nuggets that you can pull from this. Yeah, I think that says a lot because it, it's likely that Sheila invited this person in because there's no signs of, of a break-in. Um, but they didn't have dinner. I think that's interesting. And to note that Sheila was stabbed with a knife in her apartment that you know came from her kitchen uh, after she was murdered um, is also interesting because, again, they, they did not eat dinner in the apartment uh, before Sheila was murdered, even though this killer was invited in. And it's mostly really just evidence probably that Sheila was on a diet and chewing gum, I think, likely at the time of her attack and probably is why she swallowed the gum. Another one of the details that obviously stands out in hearing back is the behavior of Sheila's estranged husband, Richard, who was described as being extremely nervous at the funeral, which is understandable. Even though his wife is estranged, she was just murdered out of the blue. So even if you're estranged, your relationship isn't what it used to be. You would expect the husband to be a little bit unnerved at his wife's funeral after she was murdered. But when Terry describes how he was sweating through his clothes that's kind of a red flag or maybe even like a partial red flag because again you can start sweating if you're anxious if you're at somebody's funeral he might have been having the early stages of a anxiety attack him saying that he was going to go get flowers and then never returning is a huge red flag yeah agreed i mean how how could you do that how could you i mean i understand being there might be difficult if um that this was a loved one and, and she was murdered but uh just showing support for her and for her family. And, you know, they, they share a child together. They, they shared a, a very young child together at the time Sheila was murdered. So, yeah, that strikes me as a um, huge red flag as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that you can't really predict the behavior of somebody in that situation, but just not even thinking about bringing flowers in the first place and then it occurring to you only later on. And it seemed like it occurred to him after people were recognizing that he was not behaving in a manner that would be appropriate at that time. Yeah. And then we hear in, I think it's the next episode that uh, flowers seem to disappear from Sheila's grave. So no idea if that's that has any connection to um, that comment made at the funeral. But uh, but it's also a weird thing that uh, we'll discuss in part six. Oh, yes. And I do look forward to discussing that because we'll get into the location of the grave and the marker on the grave and how it's not an obvious place. And there's many other flowers if someone was stealing flowers from graves. 
And another detail that could be very personal here in this episode that we just played is the trunk of belongings that Terry left for Sheila. So she said she left them outside of her apartment door, which is inside the building, but just outside of her door. And there, I think uh, it's stated in there there might be eight apartments. So very little room there for a neighbor to have you know gone through them. Based on a conversation that Terry remembers having with Sheila's mom, where Sheila's mom spoke with Sheila about seeing the photos that Terry had left in that trunk for Sheila. And they were photos from their time together in Colorado. Based on that, it's interesting to note that it doesn't seem like those photos were in the apartment or they weren't really accounted for afterwards. But what we're getting at here is there were photos of Sheila's time in Colorado in that trunk that was moved into Sheila's apartment by Sheila. And Sheila even told her mom that she saw those photos and which was later translated to Terry. Those pictures are not necessarily accounted for and could have been taken by the killer. Yes, thank you for explaining that because it's one of those moments in life where you don't think about any ramifications or anything to the effect of someone's going to have to remember this later on just in case something bad happens. Sheila just did what she does. She brought these in, she looked at them, had a conversation mentioning them, which became a detail in her own murder. By mentioning those photos to her mom, just, I guess, kind of in an offhanded way, that confirmed that she had those photos. And then cut to post-murder, those photos aren't there. Those photos were of her in Colorado. They're not there. And her mom communicates that by saying, photos aren't here, but she told me she was looking at them. So where are they? I think that's huge. And I think when you couple that with the letters that were found in her trash to a man in Colorado. And that, in my opinion, could be a very important detail. Yeah, not necessarily to that man in Colorado, but um, to something more personal. Again, this killer was likely let into the apartment um, by Sheila. And it's possible that some photos of Sheila's time in Colorado were taken by the killer after her death. Um, there also explained in this episode was a letter that Sheila was writing to uh, someone that she had gone out with in Colorado um, and sort of crumpled it up and, and threw it away in the trash before she finished writing it. Um, but, you know, is it possible the killer saw that? Yeah, I would say, you know, we don't without knowing. Yeah, I would say it's totally possible that the killer saw that. Um, what I would also add is that it doesn't sound like there are any real viable suspects from Sheila's time in Colorado, even though there is an interesting sort of aside about a former police officer who uh, might have robbed Terry um, that does come up in this conversation, but he really wasn't a suspect in Sheila's murder. All right, everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Look out for part six coming on Monday. Thanks a lot for listening. <laughs>